Hi everyone, my name is Nora. And I'm Yeshi. In honor of Take Down Tobacco's National Day of Action, we wanted to create a podcast to raise awareness for youth tobacco prevention, specifically the effect that vaping has on our generation. Today, Nora will be interviewing Mara Carlin from Wellspring Center for Prevention here in New Jersey. And I will be interviewing Caroline Bennett from Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids. And our board members of, Inc- of the Incorruptible S SBHS chapter will be speaking out about their experiences with Incorruptible S, such as how they became involved in our organization and why they choose to be tobacco-free. We hope you enjoy. Our first interview will be between Yashi, a member of our Incorruptible S board, and Caroline, a representative from Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids. We hope you enjoy. So hi everyone, this is Yashi, and um, I am interviewing Caroline Bennett today from Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids. So Caroline, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your work with CTFK? Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Yashi. It's great to be here. Um, Like Yashi said, my name is Caroline. I am a program associate for youth advocacy and strategic partnerships at the Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids. So I work on basically all of our youth and community-facing programs, really encompassing a lot of different things between our partnerships with adult organizations. And most intensively, I work really one-on-one with students like Yashi and her awesome group in New Jersey, Um, doing different advocacy trainings, capacity building, and really educational activities around the toll of tobacco in the U.S. and around the world and ways that students can become involved in the advocacy process. So that is really the main crux of my job is to engage young people and educate them on how to be engaged in policy change. Um, Of course, most of our training is done kind of with the tobacco control issue in mind, as it is in our name as an organization but we also really pride ourselves on building youth leaders and supporting youth leaders to use their voices on whatever issue that they are most passionate about, be it tobacco control or something else in the social movement space. So really are dedicated to building up those voices for the next generation. As we know, that is so important. And I feel super lucky to be able to support that work and fabulous young leaders like Ashi and her group. Awesome. Thanks, Caroline. So I have the privilege of being a National Youth Ambassador for Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids. And before I got involved with uh, tobacco prevention, I really didn't know um, how big tobacco targets the youth. Now, just a clarification, big tobacco refers to like the largest um, corporations um, of like uh, of tobacco companies. So um, I, I wanted to ask, when did you realize that big tobacco was becoming a serious problem? Like, obviously it's been a serious problem, like starting out with cigarettes and now e-cigarettes and uh, flavorful uh, cigars. Like for you, when was that like click that made you turn like 360, 180 and you were like, oh, this is a pretty serious problem? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's something that is so important for anyone working on this issue really to ask themselves because it's really important to just your personal story and the way that you talk about the issue. Um, For me, I think it was a few things over time. My, you know, the interesting thing about kind of the time that I was born in and the years of life that I've lived is mm-hmm. I have seen really the transition from combustible cigarettes to electronic products really happen in front of my eyes with my own family and my own peers. So I think for me, I really, I from a young age knew that tobacco was an issue and not only was it a health issue, but that there was this really almost omnipresent industry working behind the scenes to ensure that it was continuing to be a trend and it was continuing to be popular and appealing. And that was not a mistake. And this was something really clear to me from a young age because my grandfather was a lifelong smoker. He didn't end up passing away from smoking related causes. He had brain cancer and lung cancer because he started smoking when he was 14. And Mm -hmm. He was really targeted by the industry because he was a low-income worker. He didn't make a lot of money. um, And he was in that position where we all now know Big Tobacco targets people who are in these tough spots in life. And similarly, my uncle, who is a military veteran, uh, was also and still is a lifelong smoker, still has smoked throughout multiple bouts with lung cancer himself. Um, and has continue, continued to battle his addiction. Um, and I think with all of this, you know, it's really important to not pass judgment on the individual. And I think having seen these things happen with my close family members from a young age, I really understood that there was this industry that had come after my two male family members as targets. And they, I always knew this. I was never, you know, I think I was really lucky that I had parents who were able to explain it to me in a clear way because they themselves understood it and were able to see it also happen with people close to them. And so that was kind of always my background on this issue. And then of course, fast forward to, you know, young adult teenager, Caroline, trying to figure out what I wanted to do in the world, what kind of career path I wanted to go down. Um, And I think it was always really my goal to go into a professional space that was going to help others. That was really always my number one priority. Um, And at first I was like, oh, maybe I'll be a doctor. But then I was like, I don't really like blood or anything like that. So (laughs) not do that. But I really wanted to be focused on health issues. And I think because of my family experience, I really always was super interested in sort of health behaviors and health behavior change and different risk factors and social determinants of health and all of those things. Um, so as we know, I mean, tobacco use is the biggest cause of preventable death here in the U.S. So it really was kind of a clear, uh, it became a really like top few issue for me when I was kind of figuring out where in public health I wanted to go once I figured out the public health was really a thing that I could do um, and really figuring out what that was going to look like for me. It was really clear. So I, of course, was super lucky to find my work at Tobacco Free Kids. I first came to Tobacco Free Kids as an intern in undergrad. I don't know, actually, Yashi, if you even know that. Um, I was on the team as an intern in undergrad. Um, and then I went off and had another job for a little while. And then I came back to this position, um, in November of 2019. And in that time that I was gone, I mean, Jewel was 
everywhere. It was Mm -hmm. everywhere in my college when I was graduating. I graduated from college in 2018. And that was really when things with Jewel were getting super rampant. I was seeing it in my college. I was seeing it in people I was dating. I was seeing it everywhere. And I, as I was out there in the real world, having this other job, I was like, wow, this seems really bad. And I felt this very real disconnect from the job that I had before, because I was just internally knowing that there was this other issue that was happening right in front of me, really right in my backyard. And I was kind of like, I feel weird if I'm not using my skills to help fix that. So when this position opened up, I was super lucky to be able to just jump right back in. So I don't think for me necessarily to get back to your original question that there was like a light bulb moment, but through both my kind of family experiences and then the path that I've taken professionally, um, it has just been super clear time and again the way that the industry is really just such a bully and just such like a bad presence in our world still um, and continues to find loopholes to continue to make themselves relevant. Um, So I feel just very strongly about my position of kind of being in a place of being able to hold them accountable to some degree. Um, And I know that, you know, I, every day I see new things that they're doing and I'm like, oh my God, how is this continuing to happen? Um, But it does feel really good to be doing things where at the very least, I know I'm actively taking steps to remedy it. It's obviously not going to happen overnight, but it was, and it has been just such a great um, experience to be able to just actively contribute to that ever since I kind of had that like light bulb moment of, oh, this is bad. This is a problem. Yeah, I agree. I think most of us like live in this certain bubble, like especially like as a high schooler too, like we're not out in the real world yet. So when I got involved in tobacco prevention in sophomore year before that, I always thought like, oh, my high school, like some things may go wrong and here and there, but like it's it's no way that like Jewel is such a big problem, right? Mm-hmm. And then like, then I, when I got into this kind of work and then um, through the, like our a symposium and everything about takedown tobacco and like how big tobacco targets the youth, I, I thought to myself, like, I've, I haven't seen an ad like for Jewel, right? Like in my life, I haven't, but mm-hmm. the, I heard tobacco executives, like the quotes they use, they say about like how the youth are going to keep them in business. And like certain stuff like that, like you may not see it on the surface, but I definitely saw it like underlying, like I would be at lunch and my friend would say, you see that guy over there, he has a jewel pot in his pocket. And I was like, wait, what? I sit next to him in class. Like there's no way, like there's a, I feel like there, we, we have, we're living in this bubble and it's really hard to think that um, we're being targeted in like different ways. So I wanted to ask you like, how, like we all talk about big tobacco targeting the youth. So how important do you think are youth voices in the fight against big tobacco? Yeah, that's a really great question. I think that they are, of course, extremely important. I mean, the work that I do, I wouldn't be in this job if I didn't think that (laughs) youth voices and the power of the youth contingent really is so necessary. And I think, you know, the same can be said about any social movement, right? We've seen Mm -hmm what has happened with Black Lives Matter and with other things that have gone on in our world over the last several years. And each and every time 
the youth voice and the youth and young adult presence really shines and really is that shepherd of the message and the movement and the organizing and all of the really hard work that has to go into any kind of social change like Mm -hmm. that we have really seen that young people are the ones that are ready and willing to make that happen. And I think that it is super critical. And I think on a logistical level, of course, for any social movement, you need to ensure generational buy-in for that cause so that it does continue to thrive and there continues to be progress. And that can't happen unless the young generation is really equipping themselves with the knowledge and taking steps to get involved. So I think that that is really the story of what we've seen with Juul and what we've seen with different e-cigarette companies over the last several years is, like we've said already in this interview, this is that next wave of what the industry is doing, right? And Mm -hmm. if it were not for young advocates like yourself and other young people who are seeing what's happening and calling it out in real time, if it weren't for that, they would be winning. I mean, we wouldn't be in this place where we're potentially on the verge of eliminating menthol. We wouldn't be in this place where we're on the verge of hopefully eliminating other flavored e-cigarette products and all of these other things that we know really targets young people. Um, And that is really, I think, most broadly because of the power of the youth voice and how readily, you know, your and even my age band has latched on to the idea of social change. And I think it's just, it's such a cool thing that this public health thing that can sometimes get so highly scientific and highly like lost in the procedure and lost in the just like nitty gritty scientific of it all that that issue has become accessible to people who are not scientists, are not doctors, are not like those technical professionals, you know? Um, And I really think that's one thing that I really love about my work and really pride myself on being kind of that conduit of making this issue accessible for anyone and everyone who wants to take action, because that's the only way that we're going to make progress. A huge thank you to Caroline from CTFK for interviewing with us. Our next interviewee is Mara from Wellspring Center for Prevention. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Nora. I'm a student from South Brunswick High School and I am the county rep for Middlesex County uh, for the Incorruptible S chapter um, in our school. And I'm here today with Mara. So Mara, would you like to introduce yourself real quick? Sure. So Mara Carlin, I'm the coordinator of coalition and community programs at Wellspring Center for Prevention in East Brunswick, New Jersey. Nice to be here. All right, Mara. How exactly did you first get involved with Wellsprings? And um, when did you really realize that the tobacco issue was becoming a very serious problem for the younger generation? That's a good question. So um, back in 2002, uh, I was working at a high school in Brooklyn, New York, in Sheepshead Bay High, high School. And uh, I lived in New Jersey, so I was commuting. And I did uh, the equivalent of the SAC position in New Jersey was called Spark or is called Spark in New York. I was doing that and I was looking to get a job out in New Jersey because the commute was a lot. And, you know, my boyfriend at the time, who now is my husband, you know, we were going to get married. So we were figuring, you know, I, I wanted to work here. And uh, randomly found a job at Wellspring, which was called uh, the National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependence of Middlesex County. Then we changed our name a few years ago. And uh, 
it just so happened to be the rebel position, which was reaching everyone by exposing lies, which pre-vaping days, that, that was the issue. It was really about big tobacco and cigarettes and how big tobacco really manipulated youth to use cigarettes or tobacco products, which is very similar to what's actually happening today. So I kind of fell into it just looking for another job, but it became my passion. I've been doing it now for almost 20 years and I've seen the tobacco industry really evolve into the vaping industry, but coming from uh, really just looking back on the tactics that big tobacco used back 20 years ago, they're exactly the same. And so I see it in front of my eyes, really just uh, them using the same exact ways that they got you to smoke cigarettes back in the day. That's what's happening with vape. And uh, you know, I'm really passionate about making that change before we actually see it explode. Not that we haven't seen it explode, but I really think that in New Jersey specifically, we're doing a really good job about curbing it. And uh, hopefully we'll start to see the numbers of youth using vape products really decline like we did with cigarettes back in the day. Yeah, I certainly see what you mean by um, the smoking industry really just turning into the vaping industry. Because if you look at them, they're the same companies that are running both of these organizations. And um, they're using the same tactics, as you said, to advertise to my generation. They have younger people in all of their advertisements. Generally, they're advertising in areas where young people are likely to see it. Like the Rutgers campus, for instance, I was driving around the other day and I saw like a jewel sign um, that was advertising vape, vapes to well, college students. And keep in mind that there's still underage individuals that are younger than 21 on campus there. On top of all of that, uh, the bright colors, the flavors, like the flavors I think are one of the biggest issues when it comes to tobacco, I know that our state has fortunately recently banned tobacco adverts. Do you want to speak like a little bit about like uh, your sort of work in helping that happen? Um, how exactly uh, we were able to get our state to ban flavors and uh, that in respect to other states in the country? Sure. So New Jersey has, you know, as far as, as when I've been involved with tobacco advocacy, New Jersey has really always been on the forefront. We were one of the first states back in the day to increase the age of uh, purchase from 18 to 19, and actually one of the first few states to increase it to 21, which is now nationwide. So New Jersey has really always been in the forefront. And one of the things that the New Jersey Prevention Network did in collaboration with all of you, the youth in New Jersey, uh, was able to get the legislature to um, enact uh, some legislation around uh, banning flavors. And, you know, you talked about driving through Rutgers. And when I used to drive to work, <laughs> I don't drive to work anymore, but uh, I, I would drive about 11 miles and I would pass about 14 big shops on the way. And, you know, all of them were, you know, truly inviting, not just to to older people, you know, over 21, but really inviting to youth. Um, and I think that by banning the flavors, um, particularly for uh, refillable, because right now uh, there's, there's really this gray area uh, in New Jersey um, when it comes to like disposable one-time use flavors, which I know that they're working on, um, but it really was the youth. It was really the, the, the youth like you and Incorrect 
Disruptable, who were out there, you were the voices, you were talking to legislature, because um, really it was impacting you, right? It impacts the youth more than it impacts adults, because we know that 90% of people who are addicted to any type of nicotine started in high school or even middle school. So it was really the youth voices that were able to help um, initiate those changes in New Jersey, which now we're, I think we're gonna start really seeing on a national level. There's a lot of push in the federal government to ban these flavors as well. Uh, yeah, I think that the youth um, involvement with the issue on a government scale, that's been like a very effective tool. Like for me personally, I remember the very first time I saw a vape in person, so I was on a bus drive um, going to school in ninth grade and, you know, I was sitting in the back and I look up and there's a senior sitting in front of me and he's holding a vape and uh, I, I instantly panic and then he just takes a puff, he blows it out, it falls straight into my face, I instantly just clamp my hands over my face because, uh, you know, secondhand smoking, that's a very big issue in addition to regular vaping and because and when he turned around to look at me because like I made like a very odd sound when I did that um you could see like he looked very bewildered and at the same time he looked very judgmental like I was the odd one because I didn't want to inhale his vape cloud and you know at that point I just really didn't know what to say to him like if you look at me right now my senior self I would have spoken up in that situation, but at that point, I really didn't know what else to do except just like pull out my phone and just like, you know, just start playing games on it. And then I just watched him continue vaping and the bus drive just sitting right there. I'm not sure if he saw it or not, but he didn't do anything about it. So it was really something like that that kind of caused me in my sophomore year to start anti-vaping work. Uh, that was kind of like the seed moment for me. So really being in I wanted to thank you again for like giving me the opportunity to be involved with Incorruptible Us because really it has helped me find my voice especially when it comes to tobacco prevention and mental health work and just in general standing up for what I believe in. Yeah I can't even imagine how intimidating that must have been being a freshman so I have a, I have a son who's in eighth grade he'll be a freshman and you know I do this work and so ever since he was born I've talked to him about not just vape prevention vape prevention, but uh, mental health and substance use prevention as well. And he does not like to, I don't think he ever went to the bathroom in all of his middle school years. And I don't know if it's me that scared him. I don't think so. But I think that he has this idea, just like you, you know, you saw on the bus that what would he do if he walked into the bathroom and somebody was vaping because he too has a voice and a passion for this work. But being you know, 13, 14, 15 years old, when you're looking at someone who's 17 or 18, it could be really intimidating. So um, you know, I'm proud of all the work that you did and how far you've come in your advocacy work. And being able to work with adults, being able to speak on something you're passionate about um, well, is really gonna help you, you know, in the long run, when you go to college, when you're applying for, for jobs in the future, which seems like far away, but it really isn't gonna be far away. And so it, it's, it's nice to find that voice and to look back at that pivotal moment of, you know, this is what actually encouraged me 
me to be able to make a change and know that my voice matters because it does. And you and Yashi and Incorruptible in South Brunswick and throughout the state have made a huge difference when it comes to New Jersey vape or tobacco advocacy. You guys really have done an amazing job. Once again, a huge thank you to Mara from Wellspring Center for Prevention and Caroline from CTFK. If you would like to listen to the full interview, please check out our next podcast episode. The next segment of the podcast will consist of a peer-to-peer conversation between Incorruptible Us board members Nora, Yashi, Sasya, Rohan, Mariam, Diksha, and Stephanie, where they will recount their experiences working in Incorruptible Us and talk about what being vape-free means to them. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. Make sure you sign up for our Takedown Tobacco Day event. Please visit our Google site with resources mentioned in this podcast, as well as for more information regarding our event. We hope to see you there. Hi, everyone. My name is Sasia. I'm a senior, and I'm on the Incorruptible board. Hi, my name is Deeksha. I am a junior. Hi, my name is Stephanie. I am also a junior, and... Fun fact about me is I like to sing. Hi, my name's Rohan. I'm a sophomore, and I've been involved in Incorruptible for about two years now. And fun fact about me is I play guitar. Hi, my name is Miriam. I'm a sophomore, and a fun fact about me is that I love to read. Okay, guys, thank you so much for introducing yourselves. Now, we're a board, and we all got involved in Incorruptible Us in a variety of ways. I know Sasia told me about this, and that's how I became involved, but I want to hear some of your stories. How did you guys hear about this group, and how did you want to make it part of your advocacy? I heard about this group uh, through a flyer, actually, and I know it's something so simple, yet I can't imagine uh, my advocacy without it because um, I spent so much time working with all of you and um, trying to advocate for this cause. And the reason I started um, to get interested in this group is because around the time when I saw the flyer originally, our school started to lock student bathrooms during classes because people started vaping and juuling uh, during classes. And um, I saw that there's a need um, for more information and advocacy within our school. So um, yeah, I just, I found a flyer and decided to sign up. That's awesome that like one single flyer helped you become where you are today. I actually got involved uh, when it was still a really small group called the Youth Tobacco Action Group. It was very small back then. I think it had around like 10 to 15 people in the group. And I found out about it through Nurse Maureen, who I met with the public health club. And I think these two issues go really hand in hand. It's a big public health issue. And I knew how big of a deal it was, especially in our school, the vaping epidemic. And I wanted to get involved in something that had such a big impact on kids like me. Um, Well, when I started, I actually didn't know much about it in general. And um, me and Deeksha both went to Nurse Maureen and she's been telling us all about this group since our freshman year. And it was really interesting to see what they did in general, because I didn't really know much about like all the prevention and all these drug prevention clubs in our school. I only joined um, like public health, so I didn't really know much about that kind of stuff. And from there, I guess I just learned so much from this group and I discovered my own passion for it. And-
I had a different experience with joining. So I had a really bad headache one day and went to Norse Marine and suddenly I saw a flyer on the door. And that's how I kind of landed up here. And I never in a million years would have thought that it would have just become so big in such a huge campaign. Uh, yeah, actually, um, personally, freshman year, uh, last year, I honestly had no clue what Incorruptible was um, in the beginning of the year. And I honestly only got into it because of um, Nora, who introduced me to the advisors. And like, um, I started doing volunteer work for the organization. And like, gradually, I got into it and got really passionate about the cause after seeing um, the horrifying numbers. Um, and of course, like everyone else, Nurse Marine was always advertising with the club. So um, I took an interest and I've been advocating along with everyone else here since. And that's amazing. You guys have honestly done so much for the group in the last two, maybe almost three years that it's been around. I remember when I joined my, my sophomore year, I, I really did not expect this, expect to meet all of you guys who are such wonderful individuals. And I just wanted to ask you guys to elaborate a little bit on what sort of events we've had this year, uh, what sort of events we had prior to this year before quarantine, and how during quarantine we've managed to stick together and keep spreading our message. I think the first event that really had a big impact on me was last year, or last school year, it was the back to school night where we went and talked to the parents directly because a lot of them didn't really know that this was such a big issue. And talking to parents directly made them understand or kind of got them worried with the statistics and stuff that we showed them, how common it was amongst children, their own, um, their own child's age. And um, I thought that was a really great way to get our message across and bring awareness to what we do. And that really got a lot of members to come join our group. Yeah, I definitely feel like back to school night impacted so many parents. Um, what about some quarantine or like event or virtual events that we've done? Like anything you guys have liked specifically? Yeah, I know that um, we had our Red Ribbon Week event back in, uh, I believe it was December. Um, I know Rohan and Miriam both helped out a lot with that. So would you, either of you guys like to elaborate on that a little bit? It was a really huge event for me and Miriam and one of our first big events that we helped out with. Um, we had over 200 people come and it was just amazing, but also really nerve wracking. So we came up with different cahoots and we also had volunteer hours provided, which I think was a huge thing and why a lot of people came to support the cause. What about yeah, you? It was definitely nerve wracking. I mean, I was really shaking from fear that it wouldn't go right and like something would go wrong and people wouldn't show up, whatever it was. And I remember thinking like, we've come so far, like people have to show up and like people are definitely gonna support this huge drug prevention campaign um, because of this cause. And yeah, it was really great. Yeah, and I know that you guys helped in putting together a website um, for Red Ribbon Week event. Uh, and like we had over 200 people show up. So that was like amazing. Like Diksha and Stephanie and Sasia as well and Yashi too. Like we really couldn't have pulled it off without you guys. And we're hoping that we'll have the same results for Takedown Tobacco Day, right? Are you guys excited for the future event? Definitely. I really am looking forward to all the panelists coming. I just, I'm hoping it.
it all goes smoothly. Yeah, and like from our answers, I feel like we've all like the campaign itself has grown, but also we've grown along with it. Like imagine where we started, where it was just called the Youth Tobacco Action Group and now has a logo, it has a name and um, it's a statewide campaign. And now we're planning our Take Down Tobacco Day event, which you guys should definitely come to. Um, and I'm just thinking like we, we've we come so far and I just wanted to put it out there for all of you. Like, how do you think advocacy will look like like, especially for you, um, I know me, Sassy, and Nora were going off to college, but for, for, for you guys who are staying here, how do you think it'll be different or the same next year? Yeah, what are your hopes and dreams and aspirations um, for Incorruptible S, whether it be next year or in two years or after you guys graduate or 10 years from now, what do you guys hope is going to happen? Um, I mean, everything in that we can see for the near future is all very unpredictable, given the certain circumstances like we don't know if we're going in person or staying virtual but I really hope to see the image of incorruptible us change because I know among students we're sometimes just seen as the anti-vaping club and I want us to have a lasting impact among students just in our school and having such a local impact would mean a lot to me and I know we already have made such a big impact with all the work we've put in and the events we've hosted but I want to be able to continue that and make that impact bigger. Yeah, um, I know I'm speaking for most of us when I say that we'd really hope that um, this organization um, becomes a club next year, just because that'd be really great to see that it become a club and like more people get involved and people start to really care about this epidemic that is changing so many lives. I think that will be missing all the seniors so much. I mean, you guys have been such an important part of this whole campaign and we're, I'm a little worried about what we're gonna do next year with that, but um, I'm hoping that we will expand the group and get more people involved, people who are really dedicated and really focused and you know, really passionate about the cause. I definitely agree. We have been working so hard to be able to become a club and I really hope that we can get members who are just as hardworking as us. And going back to what Stephanie said about the seniors, you guys literally, you were the biggest inspiration for me for Incorruptible Us because when I first joined, I just thought it would be like one of the other clubs I was in, except it wouldn't come on my transcript. Instead, I'd just get volunteer hours for it. But when I saw how much work you put in and the different events you planned out, I remember one of the first projects I was involved in was to write to the legislators. And seeing how much work you guys put in, like splitting us up into advertising, legislative branch, and um, things like that, that really made me more passionate as well. You know, Diksha, to be honest, I think what's more inspiring is like pe people like you who are coming into the campaign, you know, like, um, like our whole campaign is youth-based, right? And like, I'm already feeling old, which is weird to think, but I love that you guys are just as passionate as we are. Like you mentioned writing to the legislators. That was a project. It, it's not fully completed. Like we didn't send out those letters, but the fact that everyone came together and even attempted that project, you know? And I agree with Rohan. I want to become a club and I want to visit like in five years, 10 years and see this um, group growing at more than before, you know? So honestly, it's, I, I love the fact that people are still coming in still being introduced to this initiative and still being passionate enough to stay for the long ride. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with everything that Yashi said. Like, it's, it's honestly gonna, it's putting me on the verge of tears hearing all of you guys speak because it's just, I, I really did not expect my sophomore self to have this impact. Like, like I was like Deeksha, I was just expecting it to be, oh, this is just gonna be another group, just another volunteer opportunity. But coming in, seeing the impact that all of us have had, and then more importantly, seeing all of you guys stepping up and putting in so much effort and being so amazing has inspired me and that's and that's inspired me to continue pushing forward even though I'm facing senioritis right now like Sasia Yashi I think you guys can relate but senioritis incorruptible us is just has just kind of been my rock for the last three years and just I'm hoping that when we come back to visit, we'll see that you guys have, uh, I don't want to say that you've replaced us, but you found people that are just as passionate as us and that you guys can keep doing all the amazing and wonderful things that you're doing and that you guys can keep making this amazing impact and that somehow Incorruptible Us will continue to thrive. Absolutely, Nora. I mean, first, Thank you, Deesha and Stephanie, for talking so kindly about us. Um, being a senior and leaving, I mean, it just brings back so many memories since how we all first started with Nora, Yashi, and I. Um, but also the fact that we have so much um, to hope for for the near future. I mean, you guys are going to do amazing with this group, hopefully becomes a club. You guys have stepped up so much. And like we said, since it's a club and it won't be on your transcript, you put in all this work uh, for yourselves. And I'm just so happy to see that because we know that we have a group of, a really good solid group of people who are genuinely um, interested and passionate about this and our advocacy. And I know that we're leaving this group in great hands. And um, when this group does become a club, one day, I'm sure it will. We can't wait to see how far you're gonna take things. So don't even be nervous because you guys are gonna do amazing work here. And I love all this positive energy and I want to end this conversation on one final question where our next event is Take Down Tobacco Day, uh, National Day of Action. And we have a great event lined up. Um, but I wanna ask you guys, what is one personal thing that you want to do or you want to say about Big Tobacco. I know I wanna say stop targeting the youth. Um, that's very personal. Um, having little siblings, it's just like pulls on my heartstrings when I see like these big companies, like you guys, I don't even know if you guys know, but to, some tobacco companies started selling masks. Imagine that irony. Like we talked about, I talked about it with Caroline earlier in this episode, but just those kind of acts and trying to make people believe that they, they want um, best for you, but they don't. So I wanna say to them, stop targeting our youth. Stop capitalizing on people and using others' um, fear to get more of money. Yeah, um, I'd probably say stop defrauding the American people um, or just people in general by lying for so long about the health effects and all this because people really don't know. I love it. I love all of it. Thank you, everyone, for coming here. And to anyone listening, make sure you join us for our Take Down Tobacco Day event, where, um, where we'll be 
just doing that, advocating uh, for this cause. And we will link resources uh, to our Google site where you can find out more information about this event. Thank you guys so much for coming and we, and we hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. Make sure you sign up for our Take Down Tobacco Day event. Please visit our Google site with resources mentioned in this podcast, as well as for more information regarding our event. We hope to see you there.